to the Wonder Women podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I am your host. Every week I bring you two interviews of female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. And today's guest is Sarah of the Maker Monkey Workshop. So Sarah uh, designs and puts together uh, boxed kits that she then can send out to kids all over to build something super fun and creative with, uh, depending on their age, you know, little to, to no supervision. So um, really fun uh, projects like pirate ships and just all kinds of things. So excited to get into it with Sarah, but before we hop into the interview, I wanna give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Kevin Lefty's Woodshop, Christy Twisted Twine, Christina B, Jeremy Spies, uh, Sammy Go Sammy Lee, Sven Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel Moody Makes, Bonnie Tool Mom Bonnie, ToolMomStore.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou Made by Mary Lou, Amy Bison Valley Carving, uh, Dan and Kelly Reclaim Living Store, Brandy Studio Obey, Kathy One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your ongoing and continued support, helping me to produce two episodes a week, every week. All right. And I want to just remind everybody about going and checking out Patreon. So that's uh, patreon.com forward slash wonder women pod and women is with an E-N, not an A-N. <clears throat> Go check that out and join up because we have a live hangout coming up on Saturday, May 15th at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you want to hang out with myself and all the other patrons, then you'll definitely want to become a patron yourself. So patreon.com forward slash wonder women pod. And again, women is with an E-N instead of an A-N. So with no further ado, though, here is Sarah with Maker Monkey Workshop. Okay, well, I always start with having my guests introduce themselves. So when you're ready, I will let you do that. Okay, uh, my name is Sarah Wilson. I'm here in Miami, Florida. Um, I am a maker mom, and I was a maker before I was a mom. So uh, my background is actually in jewelry design and metalwork, and I used to have a business in that field. And then after my kids were born and started getting older, um, I really saw how interested they were in like my work and the studio and all that kind of stuff. And so I started creating projects for them that turned into this business now called Maker Monkey Workshop, which is uh, where I teach kids how to use tools to build and create. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's super. I, I think that's super interesting. And I've always liked that idea of like the kits. Mm -hmm. um, I know I've picked up kits from like Lowe's for my kids, you know, that have that make it easier for them to like hammer stuff together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, super interesting. I want to know like, what's your story from the start? Like, how did you, you know, from kid to now, what, what got you to here? Yeah. Um, so the origins of Maker Monkey, um, it was, I think my kids were two and five at the time. Does that make sense? Yeah. And um, I had this business online. It had nothing to do with kids. It was, um, 
it was inspirational jewelry and apparel like based around the fitness industry. I'm very into working out and CrossFit and I kind of developed this whole brand around it. Um, and it was, it was going well for many years and it kind of started to like get to a point where it felt like it was cooling off. And I was like, okay, do I really, is this what I really, I knew I would have to like invest a whole lot of myself into it to kind of like regenerate or just, you know, evolve with the way that like e-commerce was evolving and it, it's, it would be a lot of work. And I was kind of like, is this what I want to devote my time to? Is this what I want to be away from my kids to um, put my attention towards, you know, do I want to sack, you know, is this worth all the hard work and sacrifices? And I kind of realized that I was ready for something different. Like I didn't want to, I wasn't excited about like putting all of myself into this business again. I felt like I had really enjoyed it. I was super proud of it. Um, but I was ready to do something new. And I was also ready for something that would kind of fit into my lifestyle as a mom better, um, if that was possible. So what happened was kind of in that, I was in that mindset, just kind of like, what am I going to do? I don't know, blah, blah, blah. What's next for me? And my son who he was actually four at the time, my older son was four and he, it was career week at his school. And he was like, mom, I want you to come in for career week. And like, I'm not super into like venting myself or like, I mean, I know they're four-year-olds, but like, right. you know, <laughs> to like be in front of a group of any age people. So I was reluctant, but of course, like, I'm not going to say no to him. Also, I was kind of feeling like, eh, about my career. I was like, I don't want to go in there and just like be a bummer, you know? So, because what I was doing was a lot of e-commerce, a lot of like, you know, looking at website statistics and, and that was kind of, and it wasn't as creative as what I felt like I truly was as a person. So like, you know what, I'm not gonna talk about my business. I'm not gonna go and talk about e-commerce to a bunch of four-year-olds. So I'm like, I'm gonna talk about like the art side of it. I'm gonna talk about how I make jewelry, like the tools and, you know, make it very tactile. Cause I was just like, they're little kids. They'll just want to touch things and you know that. So I brought in um, some hammers and sandpaper and every little kid got to make a charm with their initial stamped in it. So I came in and I like basically showed them a piece of sandpaper and they were like, wow, <laughs> it was like, wow. I'm like, this is a hammer. Whoa, this is sandpaper. Oh my God. So I was, I just felt so like, I was like, yes, I know. Isn't it awesome? Like it like, reminded me how magical and wonderful the creative processes and working with your hands like because like their reaction was like oh yeah that's how I feel about this so they all made their charms it was super cute like they were actually able to do it like hold a hammer strike the mandrel and everything and um I was surprised at how much they could do I was surprised at how much they liked it I was surprised by how much I liked it and I just like felt like that like feeling of like reinvigorated and excited about something which I hadn't felt about my job in a while so I was kind of like in my head I was like well what if I just what if I like figured out a way to teach kids how to make stuff with tools and I was like you know kind of had that rolling around in my head and I was um my husband is very honest and very direct and it's very helpful but it also made me like a little bit nervous to like be like hey do you think this is what I should do with my life from now on <laughs> but I did I was like okay so I have this idea I don't know if I'm ready to share it but like I was thinking like what if developed a way to teach kids how to how to work with tools and he was like oh my god that's amazing like you have to do it that's such a great idea so um that was sort of how it all started and then um I think it was over the course of the summer I started to really think about like what this would look like in terms of like a curriculum a class what tools would they be able to use what are some projects that are simple enough that they could do and I sort of along the way realized that metal work is not really that conducive to young children and there's not a whole lot you can do um so I started to just do wood projects I don't have like I mean I've done woodwork I had done woodworking you know kind of for fun in the past and you know my dad's great he's an amazing builder and taught me a bunch of stuff but it wasn't like my specialty by any means but I just started doing really simple things and learning learning as I went and I um my goal in the beginning was to have workshops. Like I was gonna host workshops in my house and figure out like how this was all gonna go down. And so I had some friends over, their kids really liked it. Eventually I kind of developed a program that I was doing in my garage. Then I started reaching out to schools and other venues to host these workshops. And that's kind of like where 
and how the different building kits evolved and the ideas came. And it was really just a whole lot of trial and error and experimenting. Um, and then I, I think that was about, let's see, he was four, he's now eight, about four years ago. Um, a couple of years in, I, I started to see, I realized like it, the, the way that the workshops worked best was if I came prepared with a specific project and sort of gave everybody their kit, um, their little set. So they would all have their own stuff in front of them. And it would, because I usually didn't have more than an hour to work with the kids based on the length of these programs. So I was like, this is the most like um, direct, like kind of straightforward way to do it. Everybody gets their kit. We go through the process together. They put it together. And then just in doing that over and over again, I was like, oh, this whole kit thing is like, it's my thing. I make kits. And then, um, so that was how that developed. But it was just, it was, in a way, even though I've been doing this for four years, I feel like I'm like at the beginning because it was basically like three years of, just testing things and researching things mm -hmm. and, you know, running a business along the way, but it was, the business itself was just a lot of like gathering the information and like understanding how kids work and what's the best way to, how do we make this more conducive to a child's skill set or mm -hmm. child skills or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, that's pretty much the story of the past four years. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, are you still like, are you still coupling it to be like kits and teaching or, I mean, is so, it more one than the other? Because of COVID, it became strictly kits mm -hmm. because the school program stopped, camps stopped, you know, we can't, couldn't, nobody could gather. Um, mm -hmm. So, but I, I have been wanting to get the kids going for a long time. And I kept getting distracted by all the workshops I was doing. Um, so once I couldn't do workshops anymore, I was kind of, and I was also afraid to launch the kits. I was like, it's not right. It's not ready. It's not ready. It's not ready. It was never ready. But I was like, you know what? It's not ready, but it's all I have now. So like, I kind of have to. And um, so I started focusing exclusively on the kits and it just immediately was doing really well. And I think like if, if it, I can't, I can't do both. I can't be a teacher and like a product designer, manufacturer, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So I think for now, I'm really focusing on getting the kits, you know, you know, keeping that going, getting them even more developed. Um, and then the workshops, I absolutely want to do more workshops in the future, but I don't think that, you know, I will be teaching as often as I was. Um, it'll always be a component. And then hopefully in the future, I can find other makers, you know, like myself who want to teach workshops um, and sort of like create a community of maker teachers that would, would be responsible for hosting their own workshops with the Maker Monkey products. Mm -hmm. um, but that's probably a ways. I, I, I feel like the key to all of this is to getting the kits really like honed in, in terms of like how they're made, you know, um, what they are. And just, I, I'm, right now I'm working on perfecting that whole side of things. And then I'll hopefully open it back up to more workshops with more teachers and, and all that. So yeah. you kind of found yourself back into an e-commerce space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I think about that the other day. <laughs> yeah, it's so true because that's another huge piece of the puzzle is, is all that marketing and getting it out there because once you can make, you can make all the pro most wonderful products in the whole world, but if it's not marketed and um, advertised and all that, then it's not going to sell. So yes, but I'm trying to be smarter about that whole side of things um, this time around, I think, and also really focus on, it's, I, I don't, I, of course, yes, this needs to be a business. I need to sell mm -hmm. these things. I need to make money. But I think that I don't ever want to uh, lose track of, lose sight of like the intention behind this whole business. Mm -hmm. I would rather be small, like forever, than be huge and have things like mass produced in some random factory out of like junk material and mm -hmm. 
you know, not really have a handle on what's going on. Like I really love like, and this is what I learned through the workshops is I just, I love connecting with people in the community on a small scale. And um, that that's like gives everything I'm doing purpose and meaning. Right. And as long as I can get it to a point where, you know, it's sustainable, I can hopefully hire people in the future. And um, I think, I think like kind of trying to find a balance between like scaling it and also like keeping the heart of what a small business is in it. Um, so, and also I've learned, you know, I've learned a lot more about e-commerce and I, I hopefully will have someone helping me with that at some point. I think it's mm -hmm. important to learn how to learn how to do everything, but then learn how and when to let go of certain roles. Mm -hmm. Like, like I'm with the teaching, for example, same thing. Like, I love it. It's really fun, but like, I can't be the teacher and the, you know, mm -hmm. product designer and all that. So, um, yeah, hopefully I, I just think I, I also, I learned a lot from that, you know, my first, well, that's actually like my second business. Anyway, my past businesses, I've right. learned a lot and, um, I'm just, yeah, hoping that I can, I can figure it out and not become, I, I just don't, I don't want to become like the person in charge of like Google analytics, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's not my calling. <laughs> okay. And hopefully I don't have to be, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to always be involved in every aspect of my entire business, but hopefully can build a better team. Mm -hmm. Hey friends. I wanted to tell you about an awesome brand I discovered that you might love as well. Have you ever spent a ton of money on clothing that was supposed to be high performance only for it to end up at the back of your closet because it just doesn't fit right? I personally hate when this happens. I get excited about a new pair of work boots and then I'm disappointed to find out they just weren't designed for me. Discovering Athena Outfitters was a game changer for me. Athena Outfitters is a quality workwear brand for hardworking women. All of their items are handpicked to meet the needs of women in the trades, not just sized down versions of items designed for men. They've got great workwear essentials like comfortable, soft, and safety toe boots and options for my active lifestyle when I'm off the clock as well. Shopping with Athena Outfitters saves me time and energy because I always know I'm getting a high quality product that also looks and feels great. Next time you're looking for gear with grit, check out AthenaOutfitters.com. That is A-T-H-E-N-A Outfitters.com and use special code at checkout MM15 to get a 15% discount because you listen to the Maker Mom podcast. What, like, what's in a typical kit? Like, what do you put into a typical kit? So every building kit um, comes with, so I designed the, the project. And so let's say the project is like right now I have this, like it's a rainbow planter. So it will come with all of the pre-cut and pre-drilled wood pieces that the child needs to build a planter. Comes with the nails, the wood glue, sandpaper, a paint set, a paintbrush, um, and in this case, it would come with seeds and like a little, mm -hmm. like, so, um, the instructions, um, and everything comes in this cute little maker monkey tote bag, um, and then the hammer, of course. Um, and that's it. That's the kit. Are you cutting like and drilling every piece of wood that's going in there? Um, like 90% of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I've become, <laughs> I've become a pro at batching. And uh, certain designs, like anything that, like the rainbow, for example, anything curved, I have a local maker here in Miami um, who has a CNC machine. So I'll design the templates for certain pieces that I can get cut in a CNC machine. Um, but everything else is like pretty much table saw, miter saw, drill press, like on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Do you for it's, Yeah. It's, people said like, why don't you just cut all these on a CNC machine? And yeah. there's a couple of reasons. One, I don't think that makes sense for just like straight line cuts. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never used CNC machines. I've had other people use them for me, but like the way that I do it, it's so fast and so straightforward and, and it limits waste. Um, 
And speaking of waste, I use all upcycled wood. So I'm getting like random size pieces of wood that I need to like, you know, cut down before I'm actually making the piece out of them. And I, you know, you can't just stick any random piece of wood into right. a CNC machine. Uh, and that's a really important part of the business for me. The whole upcycled repurposing thing is, is hugely important. Like I'm never going to get rid of that. I don't care. Like, you know, someone tells me you can cut your cost by 50%. If you just like, you know, no, I'm not doing that. Um, so, and that, that whole aspect of it kind of evolved organically um, because what I was in the beginning, when I was making these wood projects, I was using just my own scrap that I had. Like, for example, when I trans, when I, converted my garage into like a workshop slash classroom. I had to put in air conditioning and then like the, the attic was open. So I had to like build a ceiling basically. Um, so after I, you know, made this ceiling, I had all this extra wood and I was using that to make the projects. And then sometimes I would go to Home Depot and buy stuff and I was like, oh, this is so annoying to have to like buy all this wood for these. Also the thing about the kits in the beginning is they were you know, they're like really just experimental for kids. It's not like, it, it felt weird to like buy brand new wood to then have a kid hack around on and like <laughs> you know, maybe, they keep it, maybe they don't. I was just like, this activity lends itself to repurposing like on so many levels. So um, someone reached out to me in the Miami area and was like, oh, my boyfriend owns a furniture company. He has so much scrap wood. You should come and like, check it out. And I was like, done, I'm there, perfect. So like every couple months I go to his wood shop and I just load up my truck with scrap. And that's what I use for every everything, every component except for the CNC pieces. Okay. Where does the, <clears throat> I mean, you, you said kind of <clears throat> what started that thought process, but like, is that is that something you've been like passionate about? in general, like upcycling or reuse? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say like passionate about all my life. Like I care, I'm aware, I'm probably like, you know, um, I, I don't know, the more or less like environmentally conscious than the average person. Um, but I think what I love, it's, it's not just like the environmental aspect of it that I love. I've always loved like making stuff out of something I already have. And I think like, I love those when I was little, those scenes from the 18 where they're like stuck yeah. in the garage and they have to like figure out a way to like make some like, like whatever. I don't even remember. I just remember and like MacGyver, like I just mm -hmm. love that stuff. I love like, what can you do with this? Like all you have is, you know, this pile of wood and some zip ties and whatever. Like <laughs> I don't know why I did so fun or cool but like always 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 I've like thought that was so interesting and I used to actually um work for an artist when I lived in LA um and it was but again I wasn't looking first to work in in something in a specific field but I ended up getting a job with a sculptor who made all of his sculptures out of recycled street sweeper bristles like he would go to the place where they like took the garbage street sweeper bristles and like get barrels of them. And then we would take them back to the workshop and literally beat the dirt out of them, straight, straighten them all out, beat the dirt out of them. And then he, was, he would weld these steel like basket framework things and we would weave um, these sculptures out of these uh, street, street sweeper bristles. And then everything he did was, was made out of something repurposed. He also made these lamps out of recycled coffee stirs that there's this coffee chain in LA called Pete's Coffee. We would take the garbage from Pete's Coffee and sift through it and take out all the used co wooden coffee stirs, clean them, bleach them in the sun, and then weave these things out of them. So um, it's just, and yeah, I love like, I also have like, you know, picked up furniture off the side of the road and refinished it and there's just something so satisfying to me about making something out of you know, garbage or like, you know, something that you wouldn't expect. And I think that what I love about it for kids too, is like, you know, it, it, not only are you teaching them the skills of the making and they're using their hands, but like to be able to think that way, to be mm -hmm. able to be like, oh, I'm stuck. What do I do? Like problem solving. It's just simple problem. Right. Solving. It's such an amazing skill. And it also like just, 
I think in terms of like a child's demeanor, like I hate when my kids are like, I'm bored. (laughs) Like go just everywhere. There's something everywhere. Like, you know, just be resourceful, like be resourceful. That's just a huge part of what I try to teach through the idea of upcycling. And I think being resourceful and being creative are two incredibly important skills and mindsets to have in literally any field you choose to go into. Like, I'm not trying to like teach the kids these skills because I think everybody should be an artist or I think everybody should be a woodworker. I don't, I definitely don't. <laughs> but I think that you know, these creative skills um, are incredibly valuable and don't are not really given the attention or respect they deserve in most settings. So mm-hmm. I try to use the upcycledness of my project to like instill that in kids and their parents too, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, I think woodworking, one of the, or making in general, one of the things that like attracts me to it is like, it's basically continuous problem solving because mm-hmm. nothing ever goes as planned. And so right. <laughs> you have to be able to just like think on your feet and figure out, yes, you know, how to go to the next step type thing. And the, and the good thing is, is especially with kids, there's almost always a way to fix, maybe not fix it to make it like you thought it was going to be, but to understand that like, okay, this didn't work. This is a problem. We can, we can fix it. We can find a different solution and it might Mm -hmm. be better. And, you know, and I tell, I say that to my five-year-old all the time because he gets like super frustrated when things don't turn out the exact way that he wanted it to be in whether in, in so many things, like he just, he gets frustrated easily. So, and I just try to say like, we need to, this is, yeah, this is a problem. Like we need to be problem solvers. Let's figure out there's always a way to solve the problem, you know, like there. So it's, I think a lot of kids who are like perfectionists or just, you know, like things don't go your way when you're five, like that's a huge bummer. (laughs) So the more I can teach him how to get through those moments, the better. It's like Mm -hmm. an amazing life skill to have. And it will hopefully (laughs) tantrums from (laughs) definitely understand that Um, (laughs) with the plans that are in your kits are you creating those yourself yes um so I basically just photograph it's funny because like for every project that I have that I design I have to make like three extras just so I can use them for like for demos and Mm -hmm. I'll photograph every stage of the build and then I'll write up a little description and um you know print it out and put it in with the kit so um yeah another thing that one day hopefully I won't be doing and also something that could probably be improved upon you know like I think my instructions are are good but like yeah they could always be better Mm-hmm. Um, and then I try to also, what I've been doing lately is filming a full video of the build from start to finish, just so if kids, you know, we live in such a digital mm-hmm. world and I don't know if kids actually do read instructions for things anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Legos now come with like, move on to the app and like go through the app and build it. So I'm trying to create more video content to, um, help guide the builds so that if a kid does want to sit down with like a, you know, person in front of them explaining how to do it they can Mm -hmm. um but yes yeah I'm doing all that okay are your kids like the testers of new designs many times yes they're also the thinker uppers of new designs (laughs) (laughs) um I mean yeah they don't they they get exhausted from it I think like sometimes they just don't want to do it anymore you know um Mm -hmm. but uh, they have come up with a lot of good ideas or like the other day we built these pirate ships that are, that have been on the website forever. And, you know, my son was showing it to his friend and his friend was like, Sarah, you really, this really needs a cannon. The pirate ship needs a cannon. And I was like, you are absolutely right. We need to get a cannon on this pirate ship. Right. Um, or like, you know, my older son Ryder, like, likes to design projects of his own. He's more, 
my little one likes to make the kits. My older one kind of likes to make whatever he wants to make. So he's actually, the older one has inspired a bunch of kits that are on the website that are more open-ended mm. that don't come with instructions. It's more like, um, like the first one he did was like a cityscape kind of like a wood, like a cityscape on wood. <laughs> and it just comes with random shapes and a big piece of wood and kids get to build and design their own city kind of like mm-hmm. collage basically. Um, which, which I love too. I think like, you know, there is something to be said for learning how to follow instructions and learning the skills, you know, associated with making and woodworking, mm-hmm. but also to be able to just like make whatever you want and think outside the box and use your imagination is obviously a huge, you know, benefit. Yeah, yeah exactly. And now what I'm doing is with every building kit, you get the you get the kit with the instructions and the thing that you're supposed to make, and then I'm also including a little bag of scrap wood, so mm-hmm. that kids can just have some scrap wood on hand to mess around with and you know make it to something they want. And that's another way that I can repurpose the scrap that I create. So like I get the scrap from this big wood shop, I make my kits, I create scrap, and then I give this scrap to the kids, and they can hopefully use it to you know just do something artistic or educational. Mm-hmm whatever they want so yeah I, I get I want to um, ask about like how'd you get into you know kind of this creative field like did you did you go to art school or like what started this yeah I did go to art school when I, I went to high school just a public high school in Michigan that just happened to have an amazing art program we had jewelry design and metalsmithing. We had ceramics, we had paint, we had everything. It was awesome. And so those were, and since I was little, those were always the things that I gravitated towards. Like, I think like every birthday, Christmas, I asked for art supplies, you know, like that's just like always super into it. Um, We had this great art program at my high school. I have incredible parents who are just like, do what you love, like, you know, (laughs) very supportive. Um, So I always spent a lot of time Anytime I could have an elective in school, it was an art, it was art, an art class of some kind. And then I took a jewelry design and metalsmithing class as soon as I was allowed to, because I think you had to be a certain age to take that one. I was like waiting and waiting. And so I took that class and the, um, the teacher set me up with a, in a work study program so that I could actually leave school for part of the day and go work for a local jewelry designer, which was amazing. I mean, like, I get to leave school and go like the <laughs> jewelry designer. That's the coolest thing ever. So, and I got credit for it. I got school credit for it. Um, so that was what kind of started to open my eyes to like this existing in a professional setting. Um, and I also had um, the head of the art department was like my drawing teacher. And I remember her pulling me aside one day when I was like a junior and she's like, where are you going to college? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just didn't really know. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where I wanted to go to school. Um, and she's like, you know, like, what do you want to go to school for? And I said, I don't know. And she's like, you're going to art school. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> 16 year old kid. Like, and but when she said it, I remember being like, like, just feeling like I get to go to art school. Like I can, I can do that. Like to have like a, a teacher, someone in authority mm-hmm. and like, tell me like, this is like a real thing you can do. And I think you're good enough to go do it. She's like, you're going to go to art school and I'm going to help you. And so she was, I mean, like, I, she's amazing. So she created this class called portfolio. She just like invented this class. It was called portfolio and it was designed for kids who wanted to go to art school and needed to create a portfolio of artwork. So I, did the portfolio class and we you know that's where I like basically got you know educated on how to apply to art school which is amazing like I mean public school in Michigan like just this because this one woman so she helped me with my portfolio I ended up from there on out I was looking at not I wasn't necessarily just looking at fine art schools I was just looking at schools but looking at their art programs specifically Mm -hmm. Um, so when I applied to University of Michigan I applied to the University of Michigan School of Art and Design along with a bunch of other art schools. Um, And I think when I um, was applying to school, I realized, and I, you know, I looked at like um, down in Savannah and I looked at like, you know, just 
straight up art schools as well. But I think what I liked about Michigan was like, I knew it had obviously had like the reputation of being an amazing school academically. And I really wanted like that big college experience. Like mm-hmm. I love the campus, like, Ann Arbor is incredible. Like I was like, oh, this is great. I get to do all of the normal like college kid things, but I also get to focus on art. And it was a great art. They had a jewelry program too. Not all art, not all schools with an art program had metal smithing and jewelry design. And so I was like, this is perfect. Like, you know, it's in Michigan. It's an amazing school. I'll get a de- I'll get a degree from an incredible school, no matter what. But I also get to do art. So to me, it was like the perfect happy balance of everything, um, because I still was not convinced of like how one becomes <laughs> a creative professional. Right. <laughs> not really laid out there <laughs> so clearly. Um, so yeah, I went to art school, did metal smithing, um, and other things too. Graphic design. I studied graphic design because I was like, okay, that's like the more like like job-ish like of the art right. it was like I'll learn I'll pro- in my head I was like I'll get a graphic des- I'll get a job as a graphic designer and then I'll do jewelry on the side like that was my that was like how my mm-hmm. like, I still did not believe that one could like get it I was like I'm not gonna get a degree in metal smith like, what is like how useless is that so I was like at least if I have like a uh, you know graphic design degree that's a little bit that, that felt like more legit to me which I think is a little bit sad because you know I, I I mean, whatever, it's just people's perception of art degrees and that there's mm-hmm. a whole thing about that. And, you know, I could go on forever about um, that whole side of things. Um, so anyway, I graduated my, basically had a uh, majored in graphic design with a concentration in metalwork. And then I moved out to LA and just started like researching local artists and um, applied to some graphic design jobs, but ended up, um, just contacting this artist directly and being like, Hey, I love your work. I saw it in metal Smith magazine because I was a subscriber of metal. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, he was close by and I I mean, the rest, that was that, that was my job for my, almost my entire time that I spent in LA. And then I started kind of developing my own designs on the side and selling them in boutiques and had this whole jewelry business for a while where I, you know, made handcrafted, silver jewelry and sold it to galleries and boutiques and online and um and yeah that was that was my art history okay so what took you I mean why go from Michigan to LA and then to Miami (laughs) always wanted to live by the water I'm like definitely a warm weather person Michigan winters are long and depressing and my boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband, he was like wanting to get into the film industry. And I was like, and my brother was out in LA for college. So I was kind of like, okay, this is great. I just want to go somewhere where it's warm and also like create, it's a creative mm-hmm. place. LA. You know, I'm like, this feels like this, it just felt right. I was like, this just feels like me, like Southern California, you know, um, I'll live in the sun and I'll do something artistic. Like that just seemed like everything, it seemed like everything I needed was there. Um, and my boyfriend was on board because of the film industry. So we drove out there after college and, and started our life there together. And then we got engaged and his job transfer, wanted to transfer him to Miami because they happened to be, he was working for a marketing firm that was based out of Miami. So I reluctantly agreed to move to Miami. I love Southern California. We had like the best time there and um, my brother was there. He and uh, so yeah, it was just a great time, and it was hard to leave. Um, but you know, we did because it was the best thing for us as a couple, and we were starting our life together. Um, so we got married, moved to Miami, and I really like. I didn't like it at first. I think I was just you know not. Mm-hmm. It's it's people assume Miami and LA are similar because they're just like cities on the ocean and, you know, palm trees. They're so different. They're so different. Um, but I grew to love Miami and, you know, we had our kids here. And, um, when I, when we moved here, I was still doing jewelry. And then what, then I started this other e-commerce business. Like, so I was doing the jewelry thing and, um, I started getting really into like triathlons and CrossFit Mm -hmm. and so I just started I made it like little jewelry things for like my fitness friends and um then I would like set up I started setting up like tents at CrossFit events selling fitness jewelry 
And it was like, it just sold like crazy. I was like, oh, whoops, started a business. Like, <laughs> it was, it was, it just happened so naturally. And then um, it was great because it was like, I, I guess I've, any business I've had has been like tied to some passion of mine, which makes it very, you know, easy to be creative. Like if you're creating something that's tied to something you care about and that you love, like it just like snowballed. Right. Um, so that was, that was really fun for me. And I, it, it turned into a, a brand about celebrating strong women in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like interviewed athletes and I, you know, went to a bajillion CrossFit events and, um, you know, just really, I really felt like I got to promote like strong women throughout mm-hmm. the entire course of that business. And, and I'm, like super proud of everything that, that I was able to do through that. And the only thing that it was lacking was like the stuff that I was making, it was cute and people liked it. But for me, it wasn't like creative, you know, like it was, I was using like the most basic of metal smithing skills at that point. And then not even making a lot of it myself. Like, you know, I'd make, I'd make a prototype and then have molds made and whatever. Um, so I think, and then I, yeah, so that's how it kind of became like strictly e-commerce. Um, and that's when I was like, I just want to get my hands in it again. And, um, Mm -hmm. then I, and also like having kids like changes your life. Like now I'm looking at my life in a totally different way and trying to figure out how my career is going to be conducive to like the type of mom that I want to be. And I'm very involved, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I want to pick my kids up from school every day. Like I want I want to somehow be able to like give my, you know, just like there's a certain level of like attention mm-hmm. to kids stuff and that I want to be able to do. Um, and also just like being so in tune with what's going on with them developmentally made it really fun, has made it really fun for me to develop these projects. Um, like it, again, it's like what you're into at the time. Like I'm, st- I'm still super into fitness and passionate mm-hmm. about it. I'm also now really into like, um, you know, inspiring kids to be creative. And like, I think about myself as a young high school student being like loving art so much, but I literally needed somebody to tell me that I was going to go to art school. I couldn't, I didn't have the confidence or the, the belief, the confidence I don't know if it was in myself or just like in the, the idea that like, you know, I could make a career out of being an artist. I needed someone to say like, no, this is what you're doing. And I'm going to help you. If she hadn't said that to me, I don't know what I would have, like, if I would have come to that on my own. So mm-hmm. I think like when I see my own kids and also when I started around the time that I was getting more into Maker Monkey, my son started kindergarten. And that's when at least here school gets like serious, you know, like right. he comes home and he's like, all we do is sit and do math and reading all day long, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's school, unfortunately. And I was kind of just like, I need the idea of getting kids and their parents to understand the value of creativity in education has now mm-hmm. become like my thing. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's like just another obsession of mine. And um, I, I, I just... I want to be able to like communicate that through my business and through my work and um, kind of in the same way that I was able to like promote fitness and strength mm-hmm. and, women and all that prior to this. Hi makers. Today's episode is brought to you by toolmomstore.com. Toolmom and company is for all ages, genders. They have what you need for your one-stop tool-related merchandise of gifts and clothing. Uh, the products are fun, fashionable, one-of-a-kind. In fact, I have two of the mugs. Uh, one has a circular saw with flames coming off of it. It says, go girl. Another one has the definition of a tool chick. Both of them are super awesome and I have coffee out of them almost every morning. So check out toolmomstore.com or find them on Instagram at toolmombonnie. You can receive an extra 20% off at checkout by using the code MAKERMOM.
I guess, I guess whatever business I'm doing it, I have to like <laughs> tie, tie it to like, you know, a cause or a mm -hmm. purpose. So. Well, I mean, that's, uh, you know, most of the great like business minds out there say you have to have like a mission mm -hmm. that you believe in for if you have your own company because when things get rough it's the mission that keeps you going like yeah. that's so that's what keeps you passionate right um makes total yeah. sense it's the kind of thing where it's like i want to do this if i'm making zero dollars or if i'm making a million dollars you know right so i would do this and that's what i try to remind myself of like when things feel slow or like I'm unsure. I'm just like, but I believe that what I'm doing is important. And, mm -hmm. you know, I have more, I have more to say about this is kind of like how I feel. Um, yeah. So. What do you think is like, I guess what drives you to have it be to, to make a business out of your creativity versus, you know, like you said, your first thought when you got out of college or even in college was I'll have a job job and mm -hmm. do jewelry like on the side. Mm -hmm. So what do you think it is like that allows you to like keep pushing it towards business versus like, this is your passion project. I think what I realized um, is that I actually do like a lot of the business stuff. Um, I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. Like when I was, when I think a combination of things, first of all, the fact that I worked for an artist when I was in my twenties, and that was like basically my first job out of college. I feel like that definitely set me on more on a path of like art than a path of like have a day job and do your art. Mm -hmm. Um, Granted, that first job was basically my day job and my side gig was like making my own jewelry. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it was a, a job with this, with my passion on mm -hmm. the side. Um, but then when I, when I started doing my fitness jewelry business and I was creating a brand and creating a mission and, um, you know, I really love all of that. I love telling stories. I love writing. I used to, you know, write a blog monthly, you know, whatever. I just, I think I, and then I started to feel like I was like, oh, like I always consider myself just like straight up artist. And then when I started that business and, you know, once I tied it to a, a mission, um, I think I realized that I was like, I think I'm an entrepreneur. Like, you know, I never thought of myself that way. I never thought of myself as being like business-minded. I never thought of myself as being an entrepreneurial, but I was like, I kind of like realized like that's what I was doing without necessarily calling it that. Um, and I, it's kind of like when I think of like my experience at Michigan, how I like, what appealed to me was the fact that I got to be an artist, but also got to do like, you know, normal, normal college stuff. I think that's just like who I am. And I think, you know, um, I, I love the branding. I love learning about that. You know, it's just like, I, I think it really comes down to like being able to tie it to a mission and then wanting to amplify that message. And that's, that's basically a business. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you can take the words like sales and revenue out of it. But what I'm doing is I'm, I'm creating a product that is specific to a mission and then I want to like get that out to as many people as possible. That's like the non-salesy way of saying yeah. it. <laughs> I've developed a product that I want to sell to as many people as possible, mm -hmm. you know? So um, I think without realizing it, like I was like, I'm an artist who likes to like infuse my beliefs into my product. Like, no, you're like, that's the business. Like you're, you're making a product and you're selling it to masses. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> And I was like, so that's kind of like when I turned from feeling like I was an artist to feeling more like I was an entrepreneur. Because mm -hmm. um, before that, I was kind of like making, I was just making things that I thought were beautiful and trying to sell them to galleries. And it was mm -hmm. really like, there was no, you know, business. There wasn't a whole lot of business thought to it, mm -hmm. you know? And it, I think that came from just experience and from um, trial and error and, mm -hmm. you know, again, tying it to a specific... Cause once you like get excited about like 
what the purpose of it is. Like, like right. I was saying, this is before, like, I didn't love making these little charms, but I loved what they represented. And I was just like, I, everyone needs to know about this. Like I, the more people, the better, like, and that's what drives the, it's weird because it's like the heart of it is actually what drives the, the business of it, which is like, you think mm -hmm. of like the non, you know, the more like, you know, like less artsy, passionate side mm -hmm. of it, but it really works perfectly together when you have a clear mission that you just want to get out there. Yeah. And I think what I realized in, um, <clears throat> you know, starting businesses and I'll say nothing has necessarily been successful yet, but, um, is like actually creating a business or a company is a creative process. Like, and that, I don't think I ever thought that either. I thought like, you know, the school I went to actually had like a really good business school, but it was always like, I don't want anything to do with that business stuff. Like, that's not what I enjoy doing. That's not what I'm ever going to do. Yeah. Um, now I wish I would have taken some business oh, courses. <laughs> you know what? I always say like, I wish that kids were taught to appreciate creativity more. I wish the creative kids were taught that to understand yeah. like the way that learning business ties into being creative. And I, I've actually like, you know, spoken to, you know, uh, we used to have their representatives from the University of Michigan would come to Miami and meet with like alum mm -hmm. in the art school. And that's always my thing with them. I'm just like, you need to be teaching these art school kids like about being entrepreneurs, about having these business skills. Because like, for me, I'm just like, oh, I'm, you know, it's not for me. Like I remember right. when I met my, my now father-in-law, he was, I was telling him about like, you know, working in the jewelry store and I worked for this guy who owned his own business. And he was like, oh, is that what you want to do one day? Do you want to own your own jewelry business? And I was like, God, no. I was like, I don't want to do all that business stuff. Like, right. you know, and it just took me a really long time, like you're saying, to like understand, to see myself in that way and to understand, like, like I was saying, it works perfectly. Like I can't even yeah. believe it came out of my mouth. Like they work together. Yeah, I mean, I think every artist since there's been art has been an entrepreneur. Like yeah. you are, you are selling yourself and yeah. you are selling your artwork. Yeah. Um, you know, the scale of that may be different, mm -hmm. you know, is different from person to person, but yeah, I'm now I'm definitely a firm believer. I, what I graduated with was not art either, but mm -hmm. I am a firm believer that like, as part of art school or art degrees, you should absolutely have some just like very basic business classes uh, in college. Cause I'm like, otherwise you have all these people graduating from art school and like, okay, how do I like That's earn exactly money? <laughs> I felt when I graduated art school and I have been told that University of Michigan has like built in programs to change that I don't know that but anyway props to U of M yes. for <laughs> the artist yes yeah because yeah. that's how I felt I remember having like my like final critique with my one of my professors and talking about like what I was gonna do and I was like um I'm gonna move to LA and like basically look at the classifieds <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's yeah. I yeah I don't know I mean it it's important like on yeah exactly on, on both sides like to appreciate the business skills from being a creative person and being a business person to appreciate the you know creativity so yeah absolutely um, I think it yeah it probably took me long I probably could have gotten to this place much more quickly but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah so I want to, you mentioned a bit back about like, <clears throat> like you had kind of messed around with woodworking in the past, like on your own before you started, um, you know, this, this kit business, like mm -hmm. what was, what were you doing then? Like, how did you even start experimenting with it? Um, um, I mean, I did a tiny bit in school and then I mm -hmm. think 
my dad, you know, my dad was just like, always has a project going like, you know, he built an ice rink in our backyard every winter. We built a dollhouse together. We built, you know, Pinewood Derby cars that we were, you know, like my, really my dad, like he was the one that was just like, had the workshop in the basement and was like, you know, always tinkering around with something and always took us to the hardware store with him on the weekend. And, mm-hmm. um, and he's actually the one who, I mean, I, I, the saw that I was using was like something that my dad just bought one day. He was visiting Miami and he was like, you need a miter saw. So he just like, cause he wanted to build a fence. Oh. Like comes to Miami to build things. So comes to Miami, he wants to build a fence, buy a miter saw. And he's like, here, you can have this. And I was like, what do I, I don't want this. Like, what am I, okay, put it on that shelf, like whatever. And then when the whole, like my maker monkey garage workshop thing, I pulled out that miter saw and just like went to town. But the thing, I mean, metalsmithing, um, the tools are small, the product right. is a smaller scale, but like, I love tools. I love all tools. It's, I just hadn't really done woodwork because I hadn't done work. But to me, it was just like, it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was like taking up a new, you know, totally new art form. I was just like, I, I think I'm good with tools and I like them. And so I'm mm-hmm. going to now, instead of like making stuff out of metal, I'm going to make stuff out of wood. Like how hard can it be? And you just like, you know, learn and watch some YouTube videos and like, um, definitely like, it's scary. <laughs> like not, <laughs> not, you know, know much about, to not have proper training. Right, right. Go for it. But I'm not doing, like, I, I'm not like, a, uh, you know, one of these like, incredible skilled woodworkers making like these insane pieces but um and and that's why like I I like the term maker so much mm-hmm. because it's just like you just try it just you can like it's not rocket science like you can learn yeah it's rocket science to learn how to be an expert in this field but that's right. not what I'm trying to do I'm not trying to like become an expert woodworker I'm trying to like you know for the fun of it learn new tools for myself, but also just like you use these skills to make w- what I want to make. And mm-hmm. yes, the more, I, the more I learn, the, the better stuff I can make and the more easily I can make it. Um, but the, the point to me is not becoming like the best woodworker. The point is to like, also just put the message out there that like, you know, you can learn these things. You don't have to be like, oh, I, I think a lot of, as you get older, people are like, oh, I'm just not like good with my hands or like, I'm mm-hmm. not great. I can't do that and like but why not like you know I mean I think just why really why not like mm-hmm. I, I learn almost anything and if you're safe about it like you know just try it like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I have tools and art but like I didn't have like no one taught me how to do this I learned by watching my dad I learned by trying it myself and you know I, Instagram honestly like a lot of like people I've met who are incredible at their craft, you pick up little tips here and there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. In retrospect, I wish I would have like really studied this, like truly, maybe one day I will, but for now I'm very happy with just learning as I go and learning on my own and um, not worrying about like, am I doing it like right? Or like, am I a real woodworker? You know, like right. a little bit, I was kind of like, you know, what am I doing? I'm not a woodworker. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be a woodworker. Right. (laughs) Inspire people to build things like, you know, so um, yeah, just not to get caught up in like labeling myself, I guess, which again is why I like the term maker. It's like, you know, I'll try anything. Right. Be the best at it. Right. I don't have to worry about if I'm judged for it. Like I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody by Mm -hmm. Doing this, I'm just doing it because I love it and because I want to try it and because I want to. I think it's valuable, you know, for pe- other people to learn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I got one last question because we're at like towards the end of our time together. So, um, and that is like, where do you hope to continue to to take your business um, going forward? Yeah, that's a great question. One that I've been <laughs> trying to answer myself. (laughs) Um, I don't have a specific destination in mind. I really, um, 
my day, my day-to-day goal, like my business goal is like, just is to really just refine and perfect this whole building kit system to make it better, to make it, you know, but I think what I'm really interested in is like where else this journey can take me um, in terms of like working with other makers with, I, I would, I would love to somehow get more involved with other organizations that are geared towards um, creativity and education. Um, so aside from just like building this building kit business as it stands, which is definitely a goal, I, I really want to get more involved in, I think, like the education side of things and figuring out like how to make a bigger impact, you know, mm-hmm. how, to, how to reach more people, how to, you know, get more involved um, on mm-hmm. a community level too, so. Awesome. Awesome. Well, how can people um, find you and your work on all of the interwebs? Interwebs. Um, Instagram is probably my main like platform is just at maker monkey workshop. Um, and then I have my website, which is makermonkeyworkshop.com. Um, you can get on my mailing list via the website. So I send out like a weekly newsletter that has, you know, it's not just about my kits. It's about mm-hmm. you know, makery things happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, Instagram is probably the best way. So I'm not like a TikTok person or too old for that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for chatting with me today, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Yeah. All right, so again, that was Sarah with Maker Monkey Workshop, and I will include the links on how you can follow along with her and as well check out all of the box kits that she offers. If you enjoyed today's episode, please, please, please make sure that you are subscribed to the show on your podcast app, and also tell a friend that you're enjoying the podcast and all these amazing makers that I get the pleasure to chat with and share their story with you. All of that helps uh, new listeners find the podcast, and that is all very much appreciated. <clears throat> um, as mentioned at the top of the episode, please go check out patreon.com forward slash Wonder Women Pod and uh, become a patron over there. Get access to the live hangout that's coming up again Saturday, May 15th at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time and 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Follow along with the podcast over on Instagram. That's at Wonder Women Pod. And again, I'll post there. Uh, so there's new episodes every Wednesday and every Friday. And I post um, who are the guests on those days and share that information out. So if you want to keep track that way, it's a good way to do it and makes it really easy then to go follow along with these makers over on Instagram. When I am not interviewing amazing makers and making podcast episodes. You can find me designing and making furniture and other home decor at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings pretty much across all social media. I'm active on a daily basis though on TikTok and Instagram at Freeman Furnishings. So you can see what I'm working on like currently right now, what I have going on on the bench in my shop and potentially what dance moves I have going on as well. Uh, So check that out. And um, I know I announced it earlier this week with the other episode, but I'm going to kind of keep announcing it until it gets released. I do have two virtual uh, go at your own pace classes coming out, one on power carving and one on uh, adding color as in rainbow colors uh, to wood. So If those sound intriguing, especially if you follow along with me at Freeman Furnishings and you've seen some of the stuff that I do with power carving and adding color to wood. So got those two classes coming up next month. And if you are interested in either one of them or both of them, send me a direct message um, at Freeman Furnishings on Instagram or email me freemanfurnishings at gmail.com and let me know that you want to get added to the wait list. That way you get the links when it first comes out and you get to uh, sign up for the class right away. All right. It is Friday. I hope you all had a 
fantastic week. I hope the weather was as good where you are as it was here where I am in the Midwest. And uh, hope you get to get out in your shop or out in your yard and get to make something this week. Until next week, I will see you later. Does you